Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen. And bring a sense of humor, because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. Some of the students I talked to don't believe there's any way for them to be protected from it at this point because it's so rampant on campus with over a thousand cases already this year, new cases this semester. Today we hear from AL.com investigative reporter Connor Sheets. Connor recently interviewed students at the University of Alabama about their concerns over whether or not the administration is doing enough to protect them from the COVID-19 virus. One of the steps they've taken to slow the spread is to consolidate student housing to clear room for quarantined students, announcing that all students living on one side of Burke Hall would have to move out to free up rooms to isolate and quarantine students who test positive for the virus or come in contact with someone who has. The university reported last week that more than 36% of its isolation space in Tuscaloosa was occupied. Some students consider UA's effort too little too late, according to Connor's story and that students and faculty have been disappointed by the unwillingness of a significant portion of the student body to take common-sense steps to avoid spreading the coronavirus. I spoke to Connor about what he heard directly from concerned University of Alabama students, what steps UA is taking to protect the student body from COVID-19, the national headlines the UA system is making for better or worse, and what he thinks it will take for the state's colleges to switch to remote learning. So, Connor, as you wrote in your story, the University of Alabama administration has taken steps aimed at slowing the spread, to quote your story, including consolidating student housing to clear room for quarantined students. So where are they putting students who test positive and where does that leave people who already lived in that space on campus? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, they've been expanding the amount of places that they're putting people in, but I know that one place that they're quarantining or isolating uh, students believed either students that have confirmed cases of coronavirus or students that um, have been exposed to people who are known to have coronavirus. They're basically putting them either in various on-campus housing units. I know that the one that we know about is Burke West, which is uh, one half of a residence hall on campus called basically Mary Burke or Burke Hall. And um, what happened was they, you know, people moved in, kids moved in, students moved in as they normally would at the beginning of the semester. Um, and then six days after class began, it's a two-tower dorm, Burke West. Everyone who moved into that hat, who was already moved into that house, had to move out to make room for the university to begin moving in students who, as I said, were either positive for coronavirus or had been exposed to it. And they were moved into other dorms around the campus. And I mean, judging by, you know, I'm not aware of exactly what other dorms or facilities they're using, but we've also seen some reports from the student newspaper, Princeton White, about, you know, other other locations, um, university-owned housing where they're being moved. 
Yeah, and so your story says that some students consider UA's effort too little too late and that the university has not done enough to protect them from contracting coronavirus. Why do they feel that way? So, I mean, uh, you know, in particular, one student who I talked to, she works the front desk in Burke Hall. So students who are under isolation for coronavirus because they either have it or have been exposed are coming up to the desk where she works asking. She's really received no training as far as what, uh, she says she's received no training from the university as far as what to do differently if someone comes up who's known to be either positive or exposed to coronavirus. And so she feels like she hasn't had anywhere near enough training. There's no plexiglass blocking the part of the desk where they interact with students. They've been given no additional materials beyond the couple of disposable masks and regular, you know, cloth masks they were given and maybe some hand sanitizer. So, uh, you know, she feels, I mean, she particularly feels like she's not been served well by the university, but also just students in general uh, who feel like, you know, some of the students I talked to don't believe there's any way for them to be protected from it at this point because it's so rampant on campus with over a thousand cases already this year, new cases this semester. So just generally, you know, they just don't believe there's really, without some extreme measures. So you have students still attending classes, you know, in large lecture halls. Um, there's reports of students, you know, a student that I spoke with mentioned that a student sneezed behind her in class. She turned around to say, bless you. And she looked behind her, the student's mask was down. And, and the student said that she had moved, pulled it down in order to, in order to sneeze. And so, I mean, people are being exposed uh, in these indoor spaces and all around campus, and then also students who are still partying, according to students I'm talking to, going out, you know, coming back drunk, whether they're, you know, bars are shut down, but it appears people are still partying in dorms and that type of thing. So I think the, the general consensus from some of the students I was talking to who are, you know, trying to do the proper precautions is they're basically just staying in their dorm as much as possible because they just don't feel that it's being taken serious enough by the, the university or by other students. Can you tell me a little bit more about who you talked to? I wonder, was it difficult to find UA students right now, given what all is happening, who were forward with their feelings? Like, were they generally pretty open about it? Um, so I talked to over a dozen students and faculty. I reached out. Uh, a lot of it was via social media. Like on Instagram, I found a lot of people who had tagged themselves in various places on campus. None of whom, none of the people I found that way had actually expressed any opinions about it online that I had seen. So, I mean, I had no way of connecting them to anything. So those were basically a random sampling of people. And I mean, you know, a couple people uh, off the record were willing to say, you know, they didn't think it was that there was too much issue going on. But everyone who spoke on the record was critical of the response. And uh, and you know, I also found some people through Twitter who had who had posted statements about it in general. So. A lot of people did not want to talk on the record, but it wasn't it wasn't terribly difficult to find some people who had. And it's interesting now. I'm getting a lot of emails, Twitter DMs, and things in response to the article. The vast majority of which are students or parents complaining, you know, giving even worse examples. Sort of a for example, a student who was in the isolation an isolation dorm who didn't you know supposedly didn't receive food for multiple days from the university, had no interaction with any kind of staff as far as, you know, what to be doing was just basically put in isolation and left there. So, I mean, so we're hearing some worse stories. And you have, there's a few people that are reaching out, not necessarily people at the university, but people across the state who are saying, who are critical of the article. But overall, I mean, the real consensus seems to be that students don't feel particularly safe about what's going on with coronavirus. Yeah. And so the university also reported on Friday that 
over 36% of its isolation space in Tuscaloosa was occupied. Just a couple of weeks into the semester, it seems like they're already running out of space fast. I mean, are they concerned that they will run out? And what happens if and when they do? I mean, so the university um, is pretty much taking the stance that they're going to be fine, that they're going to somehow slow the spread of coronavirus and everything's going to be fine and we're going to have, you know, an academic year. And obviously that also includes the football season, I'm sure. And, you know, all indications, like you were mentioning, I mean, first of all, when they think of space is used, that's more space than they had set aside at the beginning of the year. The 36% is of a larger amount than we had because we know that they added dorms after even after classes started if you're talking about they cleared out that dorm six or seven you know about a week after class started so that 36 percent is not 36 percent of what they initially set aside that's 36 percent of what they have set aside now so i mean it's unknown what how much they space they have they haven't said and they haven't said i asked that they wouldn't they didn't answer that question and they didn't say how much they've used of that amount. But, you know, it's safe to say that they didn't feel like they had enough space. That's why they had to take more. So it's interesting. I mean, I'm probably willing to assume that most colleges did not expect to have a thousand cases in the first couple of weeks of class. So some of those answers are not 100 percent clear, but 36 percent is of an amount that is much that is greater than what they initially planned to have. So it really it's more than that. So. So when the students get to Burke, the, these dorms on campus, what happens? Like, do they just spend 14 days there like they would anywhere else? Do they receive any medical care? Like, what's, what steps do they take to get tested once again when quarantine is up? So these are great questions. Um, I didn't ask the question of what tests, when they get tested when quarantine's up, but I did. So the questions I asked were, generally what I was asking was, what is it like in quarantine? Where are they getting food from? Is anyone enforcing quarantine and how is that being done? There's a video that went viral that I did not report on because there's no way of verifying it. But people, you know, viral as far as, you know, within the UA community. But the person who posted it says that it's a person who is in quarantine who is leaving and getting into a car with some friends. So I have no way of verifying that. That's why I didn't report that. But there's a lot of people concerned about those type of things. What's going to happen if someone, are they going to, have an armed guard at the door saying, you know, that's keeping people from leaving or are they just able to leave? And what happens if that's the case? And none of those questions, the university really didn't answer any of these questions. They said that they're providing resources, very vague statements. Um, as far as medical care, no idea. They did not respond to that. I haven't, you know, I just put a call out on Twitter a little bit earlier today. Just wondering if anyone in quarantine can reach out to me or anyone who knows anyone in quarantine at any college and university or college or university in the state, you know, also Auburn, has a huge number of cases. I'd be interested to talk to anyone there who's had, uh, who's in quarantine or has been or knows anyone who is because those are questions we don't know. And I mean, you know, these are public universities using public funds to quarantine people in order to try to salvage a school year that a lot of people, you know, in, as I mentioned in my article, a lot of students just assume they're not going to, they're going to have to go home eventually um, if coronavirus keeps spreading. So, you know, I even talked to a student who didn't, who hasn't even unpacked because she's just nervous that She's going to have to go home in a week or two anyway. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, we don't really know. And I mean, uh, you know, I just got an email today from someone saying that their kid was in quarantine and was not getting food the first couple of days. I mean, I don't know how that works. Uh, you know, the girl, the woman who I spoke with, the student who works at the front desk, this didn't get in the story. But I mean, she said that she has not seen food deliveries of any kind. So I don't know where the food's supposed to be coming from. So, uh, you know, it's very unclear. 
and and you know i think that makes students very nervous too just there was another part of my story talking about that same student who's working the front desk said there's just been so little communication uh and transparency from the university which is another you know obviously it introduced a lot of uncertainty for students and faculty we'll be right back on outbreak alabama So, Connor, your story says that most of the students and faculty who spoke with you since last Thursday, they also said that they've been disappointed by the unwillingness of a significant portion of the student body to take common sense steps to avoid spreading the coronavirus. And that includes social distancing, avoiding crowded indoor areas and wearing masks. So did you sense that disappointment in their voices that students are kind of fed up, like whether that's with each other or with the administration or just COVID in general? I mean, it seems to me, if the best way I can describe it is it seems like a reflection of what we're seeing nationally, where it's been become a politicized issue, you know, that there's people who, you know, believe that their freedoms are being, you know, infringed upon, or that they're not going to get it, or if they get it, it won't be a bad case, because a lot of young people might have a less chance of getting, you know, deathly ill from it though obviously some people are dying from it at young ages, but um, there's that side. And then, there, you know, and, you know, I'm in college I, and I want to go party and that type of thing. You probably have an issue with this anyways, even if it hadn't been politicized. And then you see the other side where they want, you know, full lockdown and everyone needs to be in a mask constantly and you don't enter indoor spaces. And, you, you know, you see that divide and then there's all the gradations in between, just like nationally or statewide. And I think that that's playing out at a, you know, a lower level here with smaller number of people but you know soon you go into a classroom and all you know some of the students told me that they go into a classroom students take their masks off the second they get out of class whether they're still in a building or not or you know they're trying to, you know it's essentially just something they're doing because they're required to but they're not really bought into the safety precautions um and you know i, I think that, that that's the best way to put it is i mean there's a there's a wide variety and i think some kids are fed up with having to take the precautions and having to not be able to party and do whatever they want or, you know, even aside from partying, but just, you know, hanging out with friends or going to eat and that type of thing. And then I think you have the whole group of students who just want this virus to, to people to take the steps necessary to get rid of the virus and they don't want to get sick and they don't want to get other people sick. And, uh, you know, we heard, I think there's both. Yeah, and let's focus on the national end of it, because the university system has made national headlines. I mean, obviously, we're focused on it 24-7, and we've done plenty ourselves. But, I mean, if you look at CNN and the Washington Post and other national publications, they've also zeroed in on what's happening in Tuscaloosa and also what's happening in Birmingham as it relates to the colleges. And... The New York Times was one of the publications who published a report recently that identified UAB as the American higher education institution with the single highest number of COVID cases to date. And you wrote a story about this, especially about UAB's response to that. They issued a statement that accused the New York Times of misrepresenting the COVID-19 infection data in a way that overstated the virus's footprint at the school. So, you took a look at their numbers. Who's got it right here? Was it the New York Times or is UAB, are they right in that the New York Times sort of misled people with that information? I mean, so I think 
saying that the New York Times misled people might be a little bit overstating it, but I think the way I would put it is they have a list, almost every single school in the top 25 schools on that list, you know, top 20 or top 20 something, none of them have an asterisk after their name except for University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB. So you look at UAB and you see 900 something cases. And that's by far the most. I think number two, I, you know, I don't remember all the details, but maybe number two is like 700 or something. And you go, wow, that's just shocking that UAB has that number that's so much higher. But then when you look at what the asterisk is, it's actually pointing to a, it's directing you to look at a footnote at the bottom of the uh, list that's written in extremely small, light gray font. And it says numbers with asterisk, you know, these numbers uh, for schools that have the asterisks include not just students' uh, cases since the semester began, but also clinicians, medical facilities, hospitals, etc. So the number that UAB is being linked to is a number that doesn't just include student cases, you know, that have happened since they've been on campus, which seems to be what all the other schools are, including University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa, which was in the top five, rightfully so, for having the, that full number. Uh, over 1,000 in the last, like, since school started, but at that time, I think it was maybe 700. But yeah, so UAB's, you know, was greatly inflated because you're not just talking about students, you're talking about people working in hospitals and things, which is obviously a much different thing. So, I mean, the number is accurate, it's just not, and, you know, the information is there, but 99% of people who are looking at that list, people who are basing, you know, articles based off of it, people who are trying to source what's the places that are the worst, most of those people are probably just looking at it and going, wow, UAB has the worst breakout in the country. And so it was interesting because I went to UAB, spent a couple hours talking to students, walking around. Every single person has a mask on. Everyone's social distancing, probably more so than anywhere I've been since the pandemic started, like legitimately obsessive level of everyone having everything on. And really, you know, everyone has to have these passports to enter any buildings. Um, and no one knew anyone, no one that I spoke with, over 20 students, I think, not a single one of them knew a student that it had been sick or is sick with coronavirus or has been, you know, had a positive um, result. So, I mean, it just seemed that, you know, the, the, the number is accurate. It's just misleading. Yeah. Like you said, but I don't think the New York times necessarily meant for it to be misleading. Um, there has been, you know, a lot of people uh, associated with UAB who've called on the New York times to change that number or update, you know, to update the number or somehow make it more clear what you're looking at because uh, you know, it obviously does not make UAB look good and I don't think it's deserved. But New York Times has not responded in any way that I'm aware of. Finally, Connor, what do you think it's going to take for these schools to switch to remote learning based on what you've heard out of Tuscaloosa and Birmingham and these other places? I mean, we've seen the cases spike. We've heard from students who are anxious about the way the semester is playing out, the information that they're getting. Not to be presumptuous, but it just kind of seems like, based on what's happening elsewhere in the country, that it's not a matter of if, but when. What do you think it's going to take for them to finally switch to remote learning? I mean, I think UAB uh, is doing pretty much as well as can be expected. I don't I don't necessarily see them switching to uh, remote learning unless it starts to get worse. I mean, they did see a small uptick um, later in the week this week. If that continues to, if that goes exponential or something... They could be in just as bad a situation as anyone else. But right now, I don't see that happening. But UA and Auburn, I mean, their their caseloads are so high. A lot of people say, why have they not closed already? We've seen schools with much lower percentages of students uh, getting coronavirus closing uh, or, or much lower case counts also. But, uh, 
you know, I mean, I think some people think it's about football and money, and I don't, I don't have any evidence of that, but a lot of people believe, you know, that that's what's keeping them open. Um, I think a lot of these schools have gone to largely online, uh, but the numbers are still rising, and I don't know if there's a magic number, you know, where they take action, or if someone gets, you know, deathly ill from it or something, does that change the calculus about it? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, you know, there's no way to know what the university thinks. They're not giving any information about what's going to lead them to close. I mean, they're, they're in a week where they saw a thousand cases on Friday, they released it that there's a thousand cases in like less than two weeks at uh, UA. They released a statement saying that they think the measures they're taking are bending the curve and they're not going to have to close classes. So really very hard to know what to make of that. Connor, thank you so much. Thank you. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thank you for listening.